I think they're a mix of calm and crazy. They're just fun. They're like a married couple. They're hilarious. SAFM Breakfast. We're back and soda. Start listening. <laughs> Hey, welcome along to the podcast. Yeah, Rebecca Morse, you look a little frustrated. Hello. Oh, well, you know what I've done today? And what? I blame you and I blame our stream queen, Lisa, because you're supposed to give me good recommendations mm-hmm. of what to watch. And I have been stuck watching Fool Me Once because you recommended that oh, to me. Yes. You said it was obsessive and... Yeah, it's a Netflix uh, English sort of thriller, isn't mm. it? With the lady that comes back from the war and the husband the disappears. The husband disappeared. And it's got Joanna yeah. Lumley from Abfab. You're loving it? No, I hate it. Why? <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. The characters annoy me. The cop and his med- medical issues are a stupid, distracting subplot. But the problem is... Why don't you just not watch it? I can't because now I'm in. I'm, I've only got two episodes to go. I watched a couple on a plane. And now I'm like, well, I have to find out what happened to the husband. But I hate watching it and going, why did I? There's so many There's so many on my list. Boy Swallows Universe, yeah. Morning Wars. And I'm watching this stupid thing <laughs> mm. that I'm so invested in. But mm. I'm like, the characters, even she is annoying. I don't feel like she's she's grieving enough for her missing husband. Oh, is she he wears missing? the same coat all the time. Is he missing? Why isn't she grieving enough? Stick around for the next two oh, episodes. Fool me once. You'll love it. Don't bother. I'm it's serious. A, it's a good topic. What do you hate watching? <laughs> you love it, mate. Don't bother with it. When you get to the end of it, you'll yeah. send me a message and you go, Thank you. That was really worth it. I've got two more eps. I might do them tonight. Okay, well, let's just get through this podcast so you can get it done. Beck and Soda on SAFM. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Pink fans are still coming down from that concert last night. It was so good. Isn't she an acrobatic sensation? Pink would still be coming down from the concert. It was a pretty amazing situation. 60,000, which I think is the third biggest concert ever outside of Adele and Ed Sheeran that were in the round. Um, Quite amazing that they set up this huge sort of uh, acrobatic thing. She was essentially almost at roof height all the way around. All the way around. And then they were dropping her down into the crowd. Like, it was spectacular. It's the kind of um, where they usually run the cameras when the cricket's on, you know, how they have that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I it just was, did a sports uh, reference for you. <laughs> great, great event. Um, you know, she obviously did the roof climb the other day, and my friend's daughter was uh, the one that was dressing her for the roof climb and getting her to sign the form. And oh. she signed the form Alicia Moore, oh. not pink. I said, geez, you want to get hold of that form? That'd be worth a lot of money. Yeah, how cool. Anyway, um, my friend's daughter had these really long nails that were all painted because she went to Taylor Swift. Yeah. And Pink said to her, geez, I love your nails. And she goes, yeah, yeah I painted them for the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> and she said, Pink went, yeah, right, okay. And then she went, but I did see you in 2018. And she goes, oh, that's okay then. Oh, surely <laughs> they're not get rivals. A bit of that. There's, an, get there's a bit enough of that. to go around. Oh, yeah. The whole comparison last night was, yeah, I think it's better than Taylor. Uh, it was more spectacular than Taylor. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, unfortunately, yeah. for Pink, she's just been here at the time when Taylor Swift was. But great. Great, great event, show. great concert. Yeah. It was. Now, you know, we, I know you hate weather chat, but we cannot avoid the fact that when we woke up this morning, it was 34 degrees still at like half past four. It's still, I think it's about 30, 31 at the moment. Yes. If you're in bed, uh, make sure you keep the air conditioning on and I'd just probably go back to sleep and take a sickie. It's going to be too hot today. Currently, no, don't take a sickie. Well, it's going to change. The change is coming through now. So like by nine o'clock, it might. Yeah, down to under well, by nine you could call your boss. Yeah. It's Australian. It's going back up again. So. Yeah, uh, you're 34, so, 36 no, today. Currently 32.2. Now, I'm calling it early that this 
could be a record because we've pulled out an article from 2009 where the minimum overnight temperature was just under 34 mm. and that was a record and we were over 34. So it could have been our hottest night on record when Pink was in town. It's mm. 31 though now. Haven't we gone down to No, but, mm. but overnight it was didn't get down below. What time does was, overnight stop? Ooh. Oh, what time does overnight Yeah, maybe now. Stop? Maybe six o'clock. Uh, the Bureau of Meteorology, not up yet. No. So we tried them. Come on, Bob. They've called in sick. <laughs> yes. Come on, Bob. Let us know. Well, I, anyway, we'll always remember it as a very hot night for pink. Yeah, Adelaide. there you go. It's been uh, yeah, an absolute stinker. 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 Mm. But if you've got the air conditioning on, you're probably yeah, all right. Or what's the old favourite? The wet towel over the fan? Yeah. Love a wet towel. Mm. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Good weather chat, guys. Yeah, it's great. Well, it's very important. I know. I know. Records That's are why tumbling. We, did it. we even wrote it on the f- run sheet that we have. Weather chat. <laughs> yes. Woohoo! This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Now, I don't know how much of a situation the weather plays and what's been happening but uh, remember a couple of weeks ago over at the where was it over near the parklands at mm. the university sports grounds yep. where that uh, i think a part of the tree trunk went yeah. down 10 tons or so mm. onto Tragic. that um poor 22 year old i think student who was going for a jog around mm. there um just a one of those horrible freak, horrible stories freak accidents. i can remember on green hill road many years ago that there was a, a girl driving along just up near that burnside roundabout and a tree branch massive tree branch came crashing down on top of the car mm. and killed her and it's one of those like what are the chances situations um i went for a jog the other day and just on the parade there the old olympic sports field in kensington that used to be the athletic track it's now a big oval there mm-hmm. i was jogging around plenty of people around there did you put the, it on your strava no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't need to tell people I've been for a run. I was just going for a <laughs> driver is a, a so job. funny. Um, anyway, I hear this almighty crack like thunder. And I had a little podcast going. So, you know, I had something going yeah, in my ears. Yeah. But the crack was so loud and you could see everyone just sort of stop. And you could hear this crack and, like, it's almost everyone froze. Just, and yeah. looks Six or seven people. From. And then you just hear this, and then a massive branch just came down from the tree and it was actually that loud that it stops you in your tracks and I've just for a minute just panicked and everyone just stood there sort of taking photos of it for a moment and I thought that is and look I was nowhere near it I was on the other side of the mm. oval but the sound was so loud sat there and thought geez this is how simple these sort of situations mm. are and the branch was big enough to have done some damage I would have hurt you yeah it certainly someone. wasn't the size of um, um, the one in the parklands you know 10 tons but it, oh, if you were under it you would have been in all sorts of trouble mm. um, so I don't know if we're getting to this point where this seems getting to be a little all too common yeah I don't know what the solution I mean I know that there were calls to, to reduce some of the trees alongside the road but the, our tree line streets are what makes Adelaide so beautiful well and they're everywhere of course there are, there are a lot of trees they in are absolutely everywhere so where do you even begin mm. how do you know I don't know whether it's obviously at a certain age and then I don't know whether they're all planted X amount of years ago you know and that now we're in that situation because of their ages otherwise we wouldn't be here <laughs> <laughs> Save the trees. Just be careful out there today. No, absolutely. Right. It's a heat it thing. You should real... also probably run with one. One? Did you just have one? Well, no, yeah. but just it's a real shock. And I just think for yeah, everyone out there, just absolutely. try and be careful. But of course, you're not going to see it coming a lot of the times. Mm. But uh, hopefully, the councils are looking at ways to try and mitigate mm. this because mm. it was bloody frightening hearing that. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. In the news, there is a fire at Wingfield, and I always see your little eyes light up when there's fire oh. chat in the news because, of course, you were uh, you used to be a very brave um, 
fireman. What what month of the calendar were you? Can't remember. Um, I've got to say, it's very traumatic that uh, if I want to hear about a, a dump fire at Wingfield. Yeah. Because that used to happen so, so often. It's probably the worst job you can get in the fire brigade. Um, mm. And what happens is essentially the, the rubbish is just burning, can burn for days and days. And that would not smell good, I would imagine. Oh, it reeks. And you're stuck there in your hot gear and you're just on the end of a hose or at the end of a monitor, which is clearly the water being sprayed out the top of the truck off a big pump. Mm. And you're just there for days and it is But that's just... your thing. That, you're fighting a fire. Actually, that's the job, isn't that's it? That's the yeah. job. Yeah. How you're not doing a workout a good or point. sliding down the pole. But it, is, it is the yeah. worst of the jobs. Worst <laughs> right. of the jobs that you can do is to be stuck. So uh, thoughts for all the guys and girls that are stuck out there at the Wingfield dump today. <sighs> um, it, what's the time now? Seven o'clock. So changeover is taking place oh, at seven okay. o'clock. So I used to change shifts at seven yeah, o'clock right. and five o'clock, right? Yeah. So what would happen is yeah. there'll be I'm, people that are due for their changeover at seven o'clock, yeah. but they're still stuck at Wingfield and could be there for another couple of hours till they can get the changeover oh, so done. Straight there, and yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. you're you're a dumpster fire. <laughs> What? <laughs> well, that's where that expression what comes from, obviously. A dumpster mean? fire. Like it? when your is life it? is at rock yeah. bottom, you're like, my relationship is a dumpster fire. Oh, yeah, it's obviously no, the I'm, worst type of Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm Wingfield. <laughs> I'm Wingfield. <laughs> SAFM's Beck and Soda. Many of us will try and do things to improve ourselves, whether it's looking after your mental health, your physical health, your emotional well-being. Now, you're a regular Pilates performer. This rig does not look after itself, Charles. There you go. Um, I try to meditate daily. Yeah, oh, you do. I love it. I've seen you meditate in the car. Take yourself away to another place inside your brain. Um, there's a thing called darkness therapy. Mm. And I think we had a chat about this once before where you just essentially hide away in the dark and see what happens. Now, there's an English journal. His name is Mather Busby. He actually went and did this. Beck, it is fascinating. I have been looking at it and I just think it would be one of the most remarkable things you could do. He joins us now, mate. Thanks so much for jumping on board. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Um, this was fascinating when we were reading about this last year. Like You go into essentially pitch black for how many days did you do? I was going to do six, but on day four, I was like, I want to get out of here because my joints were just really hurting. I don't know if it was because of all the melatonin, you know, the sleep hormone that comes just with darkness, but my joints were really hurting. But in the end, I stayed in for five. So talk us through the weirdest thing about it being dark all the time. Like, How do you know what time it is? The meals, I suppose. I think I had a sort of brunch come in through like a hatch that then had some flaps over it. So you're, you're still, you know, not exposed to any light yes and then i think dinner an evening meal came at about five or six yep. so with with those meals one has a sense of of the time what about the practical side of things how do you see to go to the toilet actually after a little while you can kind of see just a tiny bit. I don't know if it's because I ate a lot of carrots beforehand, <laughs> but I think the eyes do just slightly acclimatise. But then, then at other times, I was just in a kind of stupor. Occasionally, it was quite difficult to find my way to the toilet, I must admit. Um, did you panic at all? Did, did this whole weirdness sort of just, oh, I don't know. I'm finding it fascinating. I'm trying to picture myself in this situation. Um, and I'm thinking, I don't know whether I'd just start to freak out. Yeah, Actually, on, on the last morning, mm. I must have woken up in my sleep to, to go to the toilet. And, yeah, I was, like, freaking out. I was like, I couldn't see, I couldn't, like, see straight, obviously, but I'd, like, lost my bearings. 
do, do you sort of get caught between your dreams and reality because it is dark? The first day or two, it was like, wow. I was like so relieved to be there. It was like I instantly slept. When she shut the door, I, I must have slept for about 12 hours. It was like, oh, my God, you finally can just rest. Like I had nothing to do you know I had everything was sewn up like yeah. I didn't have anything on my to-do list anything outstanding I had someone looking after my dog and everything right <laughs> so yeah in the downtime and there was plenty of it yeah it was pure bliss mm. it was a sort of meditative a deep meditative state that I didn't really have to work to get into it was just you know strap in and and chill out but then obviously then there was like you know two or three hours at a time interspersed with you know the fear of or sometimes of the dark and you know really facing myself mm. at least not in a mirror but yeah yeah so Mathe, tell us what are the the benefits of this i think what it was is in the end a mental clarity with the silence in one's mind i could really listen to my own wisdom it was about not being too promiscuous with women and it really just took my subconscious through a kind of memory of pretty much every encounter sexual that I'd ever had and it was quite difficult at times but it, it was like my mind was just on autopilot and I had to just kind of witness ev everything and now I'm with an amazing girlfriend that I really see myself with you know for a while and I credit the darkness retreat for putting me on the sort of straight and narrow and being like, okay, you need to wait for your queen, man. You really need to bloody wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So essentially, it, this would have been like living a nightmare, wouldn't it? Because there's probably a couple of the conquests that you, you didn't want to have to recall. Exactly. No, it was, it was difficult. And obviously, I was in Mexico as well. So mm. there was aircon in there, but it was still pretty hot. So I'm just sort of lying around pretty much naked, just being forced through this, autopilot litany of <laughs> encounters and you know rendezvous and all sorts your brain was cleansing all of your previous encounters exactly no it really felt like a purge and then on about day four or five then i sort of got into maybe more deeply held kind of fears that were maybe causing some anxiety that stuff that 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 we kind of have bottled inside of us. Well, um, is it something you'd like to do, Soda? I'm fascinated. I would love to do it. So you can definitely say, mate, that it has changed you and had a profound effect. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And in our hyper-manic societies where we're always reaching for our phone or something to keep our mind occupied, this is just the polar opposite. And yeah, I think it's a real tonic that, that all of us could benefit from. Maybe not all of us, but many, many of us. Uh, Maitha Busby, a journalist who completed a five days in a darkness retreat. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your experience with us this morning. Thanks, guys. Take care. This is SAFM's Beck and Soda. Um, hey, Beck, just before we were talking to Maitha Busby, who's a journo in England, and he spent four or five days in Mexico in darkness in therapy. Yeah. It sounds freaky, though. Was, you, and his you, brain just cleansed everything. Yeah, and all these women that he'd been with, he just started remembering them and, mm. and cleaning his thoughts. Um, how do you reckon you would go for that sort of long? I think I would panic. I think I'd get very claustrophobic. Yeah. And I think it, I just would not know what to do without my phone. Well, you, you 
you think about it, you'd have to. Your mind would have to go to places you'd you'd never get to. Yeah. Because there's just nothing Al- to do. Alone with your thoughts in darkness for yeah. five days. It'd be pretty scary. Yeah. Um. I can remember. I reckon I paid about a hundred and twenty dollars. This was a long time ago. So I just moved back from England. I'm going. What am I going to do? I've been teaching over there. What am I going to do with my life? I need to find a job. I need to find all this. Anyway, I was talking to my sister, and she's a little arty farty left of centre. Yeah. You know all that sort of. <laughs> woo. Anyway, so she said, "Why don't you go and see this lady I know mm. on Prospect Road?" Mm. And so I went into this little shop. It's got crystals. Not Hanson Road. Uh, no, crystals and had like, um, you know, that sort of smell of incense and everything. Mm. And um, I said to the lady, oh, my sister recommended I come in. She goes, oh, look, I'll take you out the back. Mm. Anyway, she lied me on this bed and she was about a 65-year-old little lady that mm. you would sort of think she'd be down the bowls club or playing bingo, right? <laughs> really innocent looking lady. Anyway, I'm lying there flat and then um, she starts sort of running her hands above me. So she wasn't actually touching me. Mm. But she's just sort of moving her hands back. She's mm. closing her eyes going, mm, and she's going, yes, I can feel the stress and the tension, all this. And I'm sort of sitting there going, this is hocus pocus, right? <laughs> and then out of the blue, after this for about a minute or two, Beck, she's moving her hands up mm. and down me. Out of her comes this sound. <laughs> I am serious. It was like Satan was coming from the depths of her soul. She would have burped. Oh, over the next 20 minutes, because I'm sitting there starting to laugh, and yeah. she's got her eyes closed. I've got my eyes closed, and I'm sort of, you know when you start laughing and you're shaking? Yeah. And then, like, every minute she'd go. Like, that that was the negative energy she was drawing from your body and releasing it, it. out of me, into her body, and out of her. And I'm sort of, like, it happened once or twice, then again. <laughs> and I'm thinking, there's no way known she can fake that burp. Yeah, right. Wow. And then after, you know, half an hour of that sort of nonsense, Mm. she goes, you know, how do you feel? And I said, well, not that great (laughs) because I actually felt really tired and sick. But the stench from her breath and the burden (laughs) was horrific. cost me 120. That's your soul, mate. (laughs) It was my soul. I think that was Mexican she'd eaten last night. (laughs) Um, Brianna from Ranella. Brianna, did you go through some sort of weird therapy? Hi, yeah, I've had twice now. Mm. Um, I've had to have a defecating proctogram. So, so what, what, what was it? A, a defecating proctogram. How does that work? <laughs> so you walk into the room, they give you a nappy. You, right. <laughs> you then go to the MRI machine and they give you an enema that's got dye in it. Mm. <laughs> you sit in the machine, they've got headphones, you've got headphones, they tell you when to push, when to hold the die, when to push it out again, <laughs> when to hold, when to strain. Um, uh, while they're watching it, there's about five or six people behind the screen watching everything that's Jeez. happening. That sounds like a weird fetish. <laughs> it was an odd one. It is an odd one. <laughs> right. Um, people would often pay good money to probably do that or even watch it, I imagine. Mm. Well, yeah, you do have to pay money to do it yourself as well. So what, what's it for? What's the purpose of uh, So mine was because I had damage after my labours from having ah, my kids. Okay. So it kind of shows them what's going on yep. with your lower pelvis area um, before you have your surgeries to fix everything up again. Mm. Uh, so it does have a very good purpose. There you go. But wow. yeah, it is a little bit of <laughs> dignity <laughs> disappearing yeah. in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Brianna, thank you for sharing because we did ask, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. The old defecating <laughs> proctogram. SAFM's Beck and Soda. Mark Soderstrom, you're mm. in trouble at work. What happened? Uh, and I'm sorry that you have to hear about it in this way, but I have seen the emails and you are in some serious 
trouble, buddy. Financial trouble and possibly an official warning for your In work conduct. Okay, I'm going to take you back to the Playford Aquadome. Remember our Cruel Summer Games? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we uh, had a survival of the fittest, a battle, a battle to get Taylor Swift tickets. We did. We did. We ended up with three guys in the end hanging on the rope Mm. over the water. Suspended over the water. And as we were conducting an outside broadcast, (laughs) uh, we were kitted up with uh, headphones, mic packs, and holding wireless microphones as we were standing on the edge Mm. of the pool at the Playford Aquadome. And then this happened. Right, oh, Beck. Guess what? <laughs> Dick's gone in the water. Oh, no. He's in. Oh, All no. right. <laughs> See you later. Have a good long weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, yes. I do recall that while we were doing that, you were teetering on the edge, inviting me to knock you in. Oh, I asked for you it, did absolutely I? absolutely were inviting it. So you shoved me in with all of my audio equipment. It was nothing more than just a little glance as we walked past because you were trying to grab me and push me in and you actually oh, fell oh, in. You were trying. You yeah. were going to oh, do it first. deflecting, yes. are we? Oh, so you got to go. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, you can tell your story Couldn't. to finance, mate, because the bill what do you mean? for the equipment that went under. Surely it was all right. Two and a half thousand dollars you've cost this company. I did not. <laughs> in equipment. Really? I'll show you the email. For you jumping it. in. I didn't jump. You pushed me with Two a full grand. kit Two of audio equipment in. strapped headphones, to my headphones, microphone, microphone mic pack, battery pack, Dead. all under the water. You're in trouble, mate. Why did you jump? I mean, it's not even a visual medium. No one could even see you do it. This is prime deflecting behaviour. I'm not splitting the bill with you, mate. What do you mean? That is coming out of your pay. I'm not splitting the bill either. You jumped in. I did. I How didn't jump. It? I was fully clothed. I was wearing. I was wearing white shorts with black undies on. Well, I wouldn't have hey, jumped, mate. That's your choice because you clearly knew what you were doing. And <laughs> if you want to try and entice people in that manner, that's <gasps> certainly a decision that's up to no. you, not me. So you're saying split it twelve? I'm not no. splitting it. I had nothing no, just because I'm a slip of a thing that just pushed got pushed in very easily. Mate, you tried to grab oh. me no, and tried, slipped off in there you. in I your would, black I would, undies. I would grab you if you're the last man on Let's earth. Let's hear the sound effect again. <laughs> Hang on. Here we go. Next yeah. one in the water. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Grand, mate. It's like you were trying to be involved in some sort of wet t-shirt competition. Oh, come on. You're in trouble. You're in Two trouble. And Two and a half grand. Take it up with the boss when he gets back from... You know what? He's probably on stress leave. <laughs> two and a half grand. Oh, wow. Don't oh, push me in the water again, please. Mate, that is two and a half alpha bucks. And you wait till you get my dry cleaning bill. <laughs> Yeah, black undies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lindsay from Dernancourt has called in. Good morning, Lindsay. Morning. How are you? Yeah, we're good, Lindsay. Um, did good. you have a bit of a mishap at work, Beck style? A, a little bit. I um, I turned the RO on at work, which is like a border purifier system. Oh, yeah. Um, turn it on before we leave just to um, get a little bit of water in for the next day, ready oh, to yeah. go, ready to get started. Yep. And I accidentally forgot to turn it off. Oh, so no. it was on all night and flooded the whole warehouse. <gasps> yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> how, how much sort of damage? Um, well, we lost stock. We lost boxes. We lost labels. Um, oh, there was a little bit of equipment that was um, no good from the electrical ports and things like that. So it was about three grand, I reckon, that we lost. Oh, no. It took no. us about six hours to clean up. Oh, yeah. Did um, did Beck knock you into uh, the machine to yeah. make you turn it on? Yeah. <laughs> We've also had a call from Abby in Manapara. Yeah. Um, Abby, what did Beck do to you to make you <laughs> <What's> <laughs> happened, Abby? cost some money at work? 
Um, so I um, was having a little bit of a gas bag with some friends sitting at my desk. I work in a bank. Mm-hmm. And next minute we have two police officers coming, storming in, you know, the camera's on and there's no one in the branch. So apparently I accidentally hit our dress alarm, which <gasps> means we're having our arm, arm told up. Oh, oh no. no. Abby. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you talking to Beck at the time? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was actually. No. What, were the, what were the consequences, Abby? Um, look, I got a little bit of a talking to because it's a silent alarm, so you don't realise you've pressed it unless, yeah. you know, the police come storming in and they yep. weren't very impressed. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it was about $5,000 fine um, the company had oh, to yeah, take. Um, oh, and banks are really strapped for cash. <laughs> <laughs> SAFM's Beck and Soda, 6 to 9 weekdays. SAFM.